0: Welcome to the Vital Dawn podcast for Thursday, December 19th. SP futures are trading up about two points. Uh, the major Eurozone indices are trading about flat. Uh, most of Asia finished in the red, although just mildly. So um, it's actually a very busy morning as far as macro news is concerned, although none of the headlines are really unexpected. So, um, you know, just running through some of the major themes, quick points the impeachment process um, played out very much as expected. So you had the two articles that passed in the house last night. The vote count was mostly as anticipated. You had a couple of democratic defections. Um, so there were two separate votes. You had about three defections on one. You had two on the other. Republicans were completely unified. Not a single, um, GOP defection occurred. That was mostly as expected as well. So, um, you know, impeachment is now out of the house. It will go to the Senate there are um, a couple of articles about how Pelosi now actually has to send the articles to the Senate before the Senate trial can get underway. Uh, Democrats are not happy with some of the um, uh, procedural announcements that Republicans have made as far as how the, the trial will will play out in the Senate. And so Pelosi, in retaliation, could refuse to hand the articles over to the Senate, which means a trial would be delayed. Um, you know, I, I still think you're going to see the trial get underway by January, and I still think you'll see an acquittal by early or mid-February. Um, and again, the acquittal I'm sure will be um, 100% partisan where you will not see a single Republican defection um, and you may you may see one or you know you may see probably one Democrat defection um, as far as voting um, for acquittal. So that that's impeachment you know I think the market has um, absorbed this news now for several weeks. Um, you know it, it certainly is important as far as the country is concerned, but I, I think for markets, Um, you know, they're relatively uninterested in that process. And I think part of that is because if you kind of just take a step back and look at over the last two weeks, um, you know, one can objectively say that Trump has had a very strong two weeks as far as looking out to November of next year and his reelection. uh, It's just given, um, you know, a a bunch of major initiatives that have passed Congress, China phase one, you had USMCA, you had a budget deal, you had Space Force. Um, And I think also the election outcome in the UK Um, Certainly has implications for how trends could play out in the US. So, um, you know, I think had those other things not occurred and people were kind of adjusting their calculus on November 2020, um, impeachment may be a bigger deal. But all that in aggregate um, means that the market really is not kind of very focused on impeachment. So, um, looking at some other items, not too much economic data out overnight. Um, You did have a soft retail sales number in the UK. You did have soft Swiss watch export numbers um, and Australian jobs numbers were strong. So that's economic recap. You had a lot of central bank decisions. Um, So Indonesia, Sweden, Japan, Taiwan, and Norway all had central bank decisions. All of them were in line with expectations. Um, The Reichsbank in Sweden is hiking rates. So they had been at negative quarter rates on the deposit rate. Um, they took that back to zero. So and they talked about negative side effects from negative rates. So, you know, this has obviously been a big controversy in the world of central banking about um just how low you can cut the deposit rate before you start to outweigh the benefits of increased accommodation. Obviously, the ECB disagrees with the Reichsbank. Um, the ECB rates are deeply in negative territory and and it looks like they will stay there for the time being. But the Reichsbank obviously has brought them back to zero. So you know, I don't. I don't think this really sh- changes much. I don't think you're going to see other central banks in negative territory follow the Reichsbank just yet. Um, the Reichsbank seems to be somewhat unique in its assessment of the dangers of negative rates, um, as far as the the major central banks are concerned. Um, on trade, nothing really new. Although it is interesting that you're seeing now. You know, I think when USMCA, when the deal struck, people initially and um, celebrated the fact that. You know, you're not going to see NAFTA get torn apart without any replacement in place. So, the fact that you're going to have now a replacement of NAFTA, you will have some type of a trade agreement in place um, for Mexico, the US, and Canada. Um, That is certainly positive. But I think in the last kind of 72 hours, you've seen some people look at the specifics of USMCA. um, And again, it's better than not having any agreement in place, but it's worse than NAFTA as far as economic growth is concerned. And you've had a bunch of analysis. Um, Published. So the CBO had a report out yesterday just talking about how this adds about $3 billion of increased tariff costs for the auto industry over 10 years. Um, And you've had a couple of other similar articles written. Senator Pat Toomey, a Republican, had an editorial out in the Wall Street Journal today talking about how he plans on voting against UMCA for all those reasons. Um, It is still very likely to pass the Senate. Enough votes are there for it, but it's kind of interesting that you are seeing now um, a little bit more um, uh, you know, a little bit more criticism of it, of, of the particulars of it. And U S China phase one, nothing super new on that front. Um, it looks like we will see a signing ceremony in January. This, that had been kind of the guidance we've received before. And then, uh, coincident with that signing ceremony, we should see, um, the actual phase one agreement in text released to the public. Um, and and so I think people are going to be looking at that for specifics around again the asset purchase numbers. You've seen a lot of figures thrown out. You have not seen both sides um, kind of reach a consensus on what was actually agreed to, um, especially around the agricultural figure, where there's still a lot of skepticism that China can actually buy forty to fifty billion dollars annually in agricultural products from the U.S. Um, and I think too, people want to be looking at. To the extent there's any kind of schedule or outline as to what could trigger additional tariff rollbacks, so you know the initial phase one agreement, you actually had relatively limited rollback as far as you really just cut the September first tranche in half. But I think investors correctly anticipate over the course of 2020, um, you know, especially as you go into an election, it would be very easy for the White House to dribble out more rollback to help kind of the economy, to help sentiment, um, and, and to help the you know the campaign. So I think people will be looking for specifically what would trigger additional rollback or what could trigger snapback. So, you know, there is a provision in this phase one agreement that the tariffs could be increased if China were to not hit its certain objectives. So it will be interesting to see if that is laid out specifically um, in this phase one text that should hit sometime in January. Um, that is essentially it as far as Microsoft is concerned. Um on the micro front, you know, Micron is probably the only really major headline out overnight. So um, you know, numerically, the quarter was essentially in line and, and numerically, the guidance was actually a tiny bit light for the current quarter. But I think investors are more focused on the qualitative commentary um, and qualitatively management sounded optimistic on the call talking about how the present quarter will be the financial trough for them. Um, and they were going to see increased results um, in fiscal Q3 and into the back half of next year. So I think people were, you know, were bullish. Um, you know, I think people took away um, favorable sentiment just as far as the qualitative commentary. Um, and keep in mind, sentiment had been very bulled up on Micron into this quarter. You've had a lot of sell side optimism in the last several days, a few upgrades. But um, I think the call was enough to kind of spur additional upside. And the stock ended last night's after our session up four and a half percent. Also, two on the call management disclosed that. All of the license requests that they had sent into the Commerce Department as far as selling um, to continue selling products to Huawei, they received approval on all of them. So, um, you know, you've had a lot of mixed messages, mixed headlines around Huawei and what exactly is occurring. Um, Apparently, you know, in the last couple of days, there was an article about how the Commerce Department is considering um, even more strict revisions as far as US companies selling products to Huawei. Um, but you are kind of seeing these, these licenses get handed out. And, and Micron confirmed that last night on, on its call. Um, so that is essentially it for this morning. As far as the calendar for today, um, you know, a couple of items, some macro news. Um, you have the BOE decision still coming up. You have the Queen's speech in the UK still coming up. As far as US equities are concerned, I think earnings are still probably going to be the only thing that matters. Um, so you have Accenture, ConAgra, Darden out this morning, and then Nike is after the close. So I'd imagine um, those will be the only real kind of major events as far as for US stocks. Um, And then just looking at over the coming weeks, I have um, a lot of refreshed calendar stuff in the vital dawn this morning, including kind of the four big catalysts that people are going to be watching, I think, in the opening weeks of 2020. And then I have calendars out for the next two weeks. Um, And there's really nothing out over the next two weeks other than some economic data, which I doubt will kind of be materially disruptive. So Um, that is it for today. Uh, thank you everyone for listening.